I would like a good, a good few hours on like famous ethical fuck-ups and thinking through the consequences of an experiment, and I would like a lot more stuff on experimental theory and design. How do you design a questionnaire? How do you do the basic psychometrics of like if you want to do a scale to start with? Welcome to Everything Hurts. My name is Dan Quintana from the University of Oslo. And as always, I'm here with James Heathers from Northeastern University. James, how are you going? How about our response to um, to Patreon? Hasn't this been uh, surprising in a good way? Are you, are you surprised, Daniel? Are you suffering from the surprise? Did you not feel the love previously? Well- You look like you feel a bit of love. I'm, I'm feeling it now, especially. It's um, I'm just I'm just so blown away by everyone, the everyone. Uh, everyone who's listening to this, Dan is potentially feeling his love right now. Yeah, right, <laughs> right now. I can, it, I can it, only see him from the clavicle upwards. It is, it is, it is eight o'clock. Um, and we 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 have had a request from 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 <laughs> listeners for uh for, for Dan, Dan after dark, which you may actually get with the um with the bonus episode, which we're going to be recording. But yeah, Patreon. It's um. Wow, hasn't hasn't this been something, James? Uh, yeah, I'm. Part of me still, you 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 have a kind of a divergence of opinions when something like this happens. I mean, internally, I don't mean between us. Part of you thinks, well, of course that happened. We're amazing. Um, <laughs> good, good. Well, you know, collectively, maybe two thirds of one amazement, and another part of you thinks, "Oh my God, I've, I've <laughs> I'm going to disappoint someone. It's going to be terrible. What the fuck is going on?" But you know, that's a, that's a fun feeling. You do you do research. You must feel like that all the time. Yeah, well, it's, it's all part of the game. Yeah, look, it's um, it's it's certainly a lot better than we. I don't think we had any a lot of strong expectations, Daniel. We we saying we we're going to do this for a while, mm. and now we've gone and done it, and it's worked better than expected. Um, I guess the uh, you know what I think really helps that people contribute to projects like this. Some of them, some of them die. There's a lot of podcasts that got somewhere between sort of five to twenty episodes into what they hoped would be a run until the end of time itself. We're going to be the Seinfeld of talking wankers on the internet. <laughs> and it just doesn't happen. But, you know, if you give it two years, I guess people trust you enough to not abscond from doing what it is you've chosen to do. Mm. Um, maybe that's maybe that's part of it. Maybe we're just fantastic. Um, did you have a haircut? I did. A, a while ago, though. Oh, bit okay. A, bit of a bit of a trim, but Maybe yeah, it, I- it, <laughs> it just shows up. It just shows up a lot in the in the background. It it frames your face. Yeah, it could. A, a lot. It's not a good thing. Yeah, pro- 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 probably not. But uh, look, um, Patreon's been it's been great. Um, I, I was honestly thinking, yeah, it'd be cool if we could just um, cover the hosting costs, but. It's um it's done that and um and and then some so we're um we're we're really pleased with it and pleased with the response and um rubber horses uh, heads here we have, um, come jumped on both the um, the, the, yeah. the one dollar tier um and that's that's been amazing and rubber horses um what was that rubber horses heads well, yeah that that. That 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 that's one bonus you can get, um, but with, <laughs> but yeah, with that with that one. I got tier, him. To, I got him to. Ag- I got him to agree to that one. 
Yeah. Well, I suppose I suppose we could. We can once we, I'm we, done paying for software and being responsible. I suppose we can purchase a rubber horse's head. We can. Uh, uh, I suppose we, we can, can purchase a fish-themed trophy and send it to someone. <laughs> oh, that 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 is that, that is definitely that is definitely on the cards. But yeah, with with the um with the one dollar people are people are going to get um the the Hertz newsletter, which is going to come out um. In um in in a, in a few weeks' time, and it's going to be stuff that's um that's caught our interest on the on the internet, and also as part of the Patreon app, you can um you can get a behind the scenes look of um of the stuff that we do between episodes. Um, and if if any of you use um um Snapchat or Instagram, um it's it's very much like Snapchat or Instagram Stories in that um you can do a short video or we can do quick photos. So that's something that we update um, during the week and you can get um, behind the scenes of um, what's happening on Hertz. But um, the other thing is- I don't have Snapchat or Instagram. Well, n- now you need you- to do. Yeah, but now, now, now you have um, Patreon Lens is what they call it. So you can, um, you can see the sort of stuff people have been doing. Um, but on top of that, there's the, um, the, the $5 tier. And um, with that, you actually do get the, um, the bonus episode, like I did mention before. And um, I, I was actually, I actually thought the majority would do the uh, $1, but it, it's about half and half. And some people are supporting us for, um, for $5 a month to, uh, in order to get that, uh, that bonus episode on top of the newsletter and the behind the scenes. So I'm looking forward to recording that bonus episode. I don't know about you, James, but I think it's going to be good. I always look forward to our interactions, Dan, <laughs> whether they are short or long, brief or otherwise, they're always a pleasure. And the fact that I now get to do more of them is just uh, not so much a dream come true as much as a, a source of a deep and persistent satisfaction. It's been, well, This th- there's been this thing, um, this academic Thanksgiving um, uh, hashtag that's been floating around. We had one of our listeners uh um, I'm going to say her name wrong. Crystal Steltonpole, who said she's grateful for Hertz podcast. Steltonpole. Steltonpole. Hello, Crystal. Pole. She's listened to all the- It's like all- a huge wheel of cheese that just goes straight up to the sky. <laughs> she's been- she, she's, And she's, dairy she's, druids worship around it. She's listened to all, all, all Hertz episodes. So, um, shout out to, to, to Crystal and uh, one of the many people who have- um, um, quite often, I actually see that um, every week when it comes to the um, uh, when it comes to the downloads. Um, obviously, the most recent episode gets gets the most downloads, but quite often there's a block of of episodes. You know, maybe like a hundred, two hundred that every back every back catalog episode gets downloaded about a hundred times, which means that people are actually going through and and deciding I'm going to listen to the whole back catalog and downloading it all at once. So. Shout out to those people who who, who were going through and um, and seeing the the, the ev- evolution of Hertz from uh, you know from two years ago to now. Mad and bad, men nah. and women of the highest possible moral failing, <laughs> listening to us talk on the internet. God bless them all. How um, are you, Daniel? How how am I? Yes. I just came back from uh, I came back from China um, a, f- a few days ago. Whirlwind you did. trip. I got a little I got a little message complaining from you about how much uh, they made me drink so much. <laughs> it's just impossible. It's impossible for you to accept hospitality, isn't it? Well, I, I was so impressed by the hospitality in China. It was uh, it was amazing, and um, yeah, they're they're, they're, a, they're a toasting culture, as I found out. And I, I didn't want to. Uh, I didn't want to offend. So you have to. You have to. Just Did you say, get mutai? Did I get what? Mutai. No, I just. Oh dear me! You missed out on the good stuff. Anyway, no, just the. I um, love that stuff. It's great. The local Tsingtao, I think, is the local beer. Tsingtao, yes. Yeah, yeah. So that that, that that's not very good. Enough. Very good food lager. 
really um really great time in china um down in chengdu um i i think some of the lab there listens to the podcast so good day if you are uh but yeah re- re- really good time there um they're doing some fantastic um oxytocin research down in um in chengdu and it's just uh yeah it, it's impressive seeing um there's there's a lot of work and spe- speaking of china there, there was that the, the the first crispr baby um which is uh pretty uh, wait and see we'll wait and see what happens there pretty like, pretty pretty no wild people who who know these things who do not think that that will turn out to be an accurate representation of the research process. Yeah. I don't think there's a paper yet. I think it's simply a a, a man who made a, a Snapchat video, much like you, Dan, of him <laughs> going, I have, done, I have done me a crispy baby. And that is the extent of what's been released. So, obviously, bioethicists are shitting themselves. And, yeah. Um, people who understand the procedure and people who care about scientific publishing are all shitting themselves. Basically, there's a, a lot of collective shitting going on. Um, it's it is it is a bit of a suck it and see situation um, from a sort of technical perspective, I suppose. But it, you know, you you all the, the the people who are worried about. Oh, you're researchers. You think you're playing God. It's like, <laughs> oh, we do now, motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's uh, it's it's hairy. It's it's hairy. I uh, I've, I'm kind of following the story in the with a floating kind of interest. Mm. It's uh, look, it, it'll it's, be, um, stories it'll like be this are more interesting when they're not in I mean, your was, research area. Yeah, yeah. No, it'll be super. Well, I mean, to obviously, see, obviously, there's horrible implications to, to some degree, but that's yeah. Well, I mean, it depends on whether or not it's happened and how it works. I mean, you can say you've done it, and if you've actually done it, on and on it goes. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I don't know enough about it to get into the weeds with it, Dan. Yeah, I think no. you should be crispied. I think I should, should what? crispy Dan. Crispy, crispy Dan. <laughs> no, I'll I'll stick with doing crisper on um, domestic animals in my kitchen. Thank you very much. Oh, well, that's the, the responsible and straightforward way, isn't it? Yeah, the um, <laughs> gotta gotta start small there. Um, so I think one thing I want to cover today is um, I've seen a lot of talk recently um over the past few days on on the old uh, the old Twitter when it comes to this old um SPSS versus R war. Yeah, you get a lot of people who are. Coming out and saying, um, you know, this um, SPSS is the worst. Um, we should be teaching R to to, to all our students, um, and the, basically just the importance of coding. And uh, I thought this is a, a really good topic because then you, you quite often you see these p- p- people putting out polls asking, okay, in your institution, undergrad wise, are they teaching SPSS or R, um, which is basically the the, the the, the two main um, software packages and you still see about sort of 70 to 80 percent of um, of places are, are teaching SPSS now I do want to front end this by saying I don't think like a lot of people I you know I I make a joke or two on Twitter at the expense of SPSS as you know James you using the old gif and I people think that I think that SPSS is inherently bad and I mean the software works fine um, you know, there's, there's there's no mistakes usually. I think I think historically there actually has been a few mistakes within um <laughs> within SPSS, which strangely enough for for a behemoth of a company takes them long enough to 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 address. Um, but you know, barring that, there's nothing inherently wrong with um with SPSS. Um, but basically, 
I don't think it's the way to go when it comes to actually teaching statistics. Um, and a lot of people, uh, a lot of people generally agree with that. So there's, there's been a lot of talk about what the right thing to do is. Um, I think in most circumstances, um, you should be teaching R. But I think there's actually, I, I do occasionally get a few clinical students who are coming through um, that I'm supervising in their masters, and um, they ask, "Should I actually learn to code?" And um, you know, when I speak to them and I actually ask them, "Well, are you actually going to continue with research?" Um, you know, what are you thinking long-term career-wise? And if they're not actually going to continue with research, I don't actually think it's worthwhile taking the time to for them to learn to do R. I think it's totally fine for them to do um, their, their analysis either in Jamovi or JASP because it's still reproducible and it's still free. But in order to actually get them to spend the time to do coding, I, I don't think it's worth it. So, there was a guy who said, oh, you know, unpopular opinion. I don't think every, every, um, every student should, uh, should, should learn R. And a lot of people were sort of railing against that, but I actually agreed with the bloke saying, yeah, yeah like I, I totally agree in the context of, um, of these students. Now, um, yeah, so th- there's a lot to talk about here. And um, uh, I think it just comes down to what should we be actually teaching in our curriculum. So what do you, th- what do you think about this, James? What do you think I think? Well, obviously we should be coding, but I mean, you don't use R. I do not. How do you, you do stats in what? Excel, back of a handkerchief, on 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 a, on a window with, oh, with Daniel. Who who writes on a handkerchief anymore? Well, I've seen you write on. I've seen you write on Windows. We we pissed off that cleaner pretty pretty. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I didn't like that cleaner. Okay, focus. Um. All students are not created equal. Neither are all courses created equal. And if you have the idea that everyone needs to learn tools that are the tools that you like because they're best, the best tool solves a problem. When the problem is solved, the tool is substantially less relevant than the outcome. So, some of these arguments have been about the kind of pedagogical aspect of how should something be taught? How do you access information in the learning process, etc., etc.? Now, we were taught with SPSS because like the vast majority of large universities, uh, the university had a site license. Anyone could, anyone could download it or access it. Now, that's pretty common. That's pretty common everywhere. You know, I didn't um, actually have that I in my know undergrad. There, I know there are- Sorry? I didn't have that in my undergrad. Yeah, I know. You've only told that story 27,000 times. Um, you all, you had to walk uphill through a snowstorm- to get to the one more, computer more or less, that had the SPSS license, more or less. you had to you had to log on with a US key, USB key made of spiders. <laughs> um, the computer would set you on fire. You'd frantically pat the put, put in the, out, pun- the punch cards. Run, and then you'd run, yeah. Then you'd run your GLMs. It's a very funny story that you're telling in retrospect. For you know, as much as you look forty five, you're only actually in your thirties. So when we learned statistics. The vast majority of the content was lecture content stuff on theory, and that greatly preceded 
the ability to use anything that was in the software, any of the functions, um, any of the little funny drop-down menus. It was all predicated on the fact that we had learned the theory first. And we were continuously warned the entire time. We had a lecturer whose name I forget because I'm aging rapidly, who called it the loquacious calculator. (laughs) Now, a lot of Australian undergrads probably don't know what loquacious means because their interests are... Like yours, Daniel, uh, more more focused on the Snapchats than they are on the, the, the classics of um, continental literature. Um, no, that's unfair. Everyone knows what loquacious means. And if you don't, you're a terrible person. Neither of those are true. Um, <laughs> basically, it was, it was taught in a framework where we learned to distrust the software and the theory came well before... The theory came well before the the actual act of putting numbers in order. So, when you get to the actual process of research, you're not engaged in the pedagogical act of teaching people to do statistics anymore. You're actually making sure that your research is okay. What do you need to do with that? Well, you need to make sure the analyses are reproducible. You need to make sure that the analyses are accurate. You need to do a whole bunch of process-related tasks that a lot of students aren't going to. Students need to learn what the hell is going on, what the models actually mean, what the tests actually are. Yeah? Mm. So, in some sense, the vast majority of people who are being taught statistics in some form have different requirements than researchers. So, I'm not particularly sympathetic to the argument of this is the best way to do research, therefore everyone should learn this. Yeah. Mm. If you look, I've been experiencing this recently because um, my computer shit the bed with power and majesty Wednesday last week. So I do a lot of stuff in GraphPad. Uh, I do a lot of stuff in MATLAB. I will use SPSS if someone sends me a .sav file. Yeah. Mm. Now, after everything blew up, There have been a few, you know, people have a variety of different reactions. I mean, this is problematic. This is my work computer and it's fucked at a BIOS level, right? It really blew up and I've lost all my cool open science stickers because they're they're, they're stuck to the back of my old computer, which is, of course, the the main tragedy here. Not the hundreds of gigabytes of data that I need that was so big I could never back the fucking things up in the first place, but never mind that. Um, I have all my important stuff, obviously. I have everything locked in password managers, etc. I didn't have one of those. Oh, no, I've lost all the important things. It was just like it's an inconvenience. But the main problem that you have is you don't have your software. Mm. So I'm trying to reinstall everything from scratch and work at the end of the year. The marking is coming in end of semester kind of pace. Now, if you want an example about how not to be an R dick. At that particular point, the advice of, ha, well, I guess it's about time you started learning to use ggplot. Ha, <laughs> it's free. <laughs> if you said that to me, and there's a few of you out there, I want you to take the keyboard that you're sitting in front of now and push it up your urethra. Seriously, it's a, the, when you, this is an example of, like, when everything is really stressful and it's very difficult to put numbers in order, which is some people's entire lives or entire projects, et cetera, et cetera, right? Harping on about what's fucking good or bad in context, yeah. right? As opposed to in general, 
is it's I mean, pick your goddamn moments. Honestly. It, it's like when people say on Twitter, Oh, my computer crashed, lost all my files, and there's like ten people going, You should have used Dropbox, you should have backed up your stuff. I'm like, it's not the time to say that. Yeah, yeah, like pick your fucking moments. So I mean, this is I'm not I'm not I'm not telling you this story because I want you to feel bad for me, although I know you do because you're such an empathetic man. Um, the point is that you can you can get so wrapped up in something like this that you forget the context, you forget the human problems, you just go, oh, this is best, and you'll honk about it at every possible opportunity. You're terrible fucking advertising for the 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 cause that you're trying to push at yeah. some point in time. Yeah, yeah, now, totally. There's lots of people. There's lots of people who advocate for that really, really well. But I mean, because we're about to embark now on a discussion of like how how should people write syllabuses? How should people do teaching? How should something be taught? You got to realize that your best your best advice, your best efforts, uh, people are going to hear them and they're going to come crashing back to daily reality once they're finished with your good advice. Right? Yeah. So, here's, here's how I'd, after all that, here's how I choose to frame the question. Is it possible to responsibly st- teach statistics using either, not fuck up your analyses, understand what you're doing? Obviously, yes. Yes. Yeah. I'm. The, the, I, I know. I obviously I understand open open source and open open access projects, and the importance that they have in structural the the, the like the structural maintenance of the kind of like scientific knowledge base. Hmm. Yeah, but it's not the whole story, and. When you're getting into the details about how to fight about this, I think what you can do if you're so if you're so fucking keen on it, find your find your person who has to do this teaching and make them make them a pedagogical resource. Yeah, if you're so fucking keen on it, then rather than then then you take your good advice, put it to one side, wrap it up neatly, and then put your fucking money where your mouth is and stop telling people how to live their lives. Now, if I sound crankier about this than usual, it's because I'm an obstreperous piece of shit. No, it's because the whole. I'm not, then look, there's uh, there's lots of people doing what I just said, right? There's lots of people who are who are building resources that other people can use. But I don't know sometimes how much that stretches into. Here's something that you can use to introduce things to people from scratch. I saw a great joke about this the other day. Have you ever seen the draw the rest of the fucking owl? The the what? Draw the rest of the fucking owl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know when you like see two, a series two, two of circles, it's like yeah, you yeah, start yeah, with yeah. two circles and then you have the thing, and then you're like step three, draw the rest of the fucking owl. Sorry, example of that. Sorry, example of that for someone's uh, taking the piss out of a programming textbook. It's like if they have one rabbit and then there's two rabbits, and they have the, the simple premise of one plus one equals two, and they go, well, if we extrapolate this, and then the rest of the page is just this forest of algebraic assholes. And it's like if if programming if programming uh, if programming textbooks taught arithmetic, yeah, right, yeah. and it's true, and it's it's funny it's funny because it's a ridiculous, but there's a core of truth to that. There's resources that people never get that are, I mean, how well are they supposed to know it? Are you supposed to go and use it to teach all your undergraduates? Do you know it? Do you know the person who's taught that course for fifteen years? How are they going to go and get their own knowledge base to be able to like authoritatively teach twelve hundred people to do the same thing? But but should sh- shouldn't they? Isn't that sort of part of their look? 
Ah, oh, like I, I understand. Shouldn't, people- shouldn't they do it best? We all should do a lot of things, Dan. No, but I'm mm-hmm. saying that wake like, up in the morning and go to work. I'm thinking when, when it comes to doing the <laughs> when it comes to doing these things. I always think I don't know. Like I'm not I'm not in these instructors' shoes. I don't know what it's like, but you hear story after story of like, oh yeah, the stat the the, the stats person in, in my department has has been has been teaching SPSS and doing the same data sets for the past for the past fifteen years and. And then they're, they're not going to move to R because they don't know the the you know the, the these these techniques. And I think on on the one hand, yeah, it's good. Um, like you said, it's entirely possible to teach good statistics, good statistical inference that's also somewhat reproducible within SPSS. That's entirely possible. But it's just it's just I don't know. Just teach everyone to use the syntax properly. Jesus no, Christ! I mean, that's how that I happen, save though? all this. This that's how I save all the stuff. I mean, if you're using SPSS, you paste the. I don't. This was maybe we were taught by weirdos, but I was always taught to paste the syntax and then run the syntax so you knew what it was, and then you save that separately, even if it's in a text file. So if you want to do it again, I've you I've don't go this- clickety. You don't do the clickety clackety. You open up the syntax file and run that. I've spoken to so many people and I'm like, send me your syntax. And they're like, what's the syntax? See, okay. I think, honestly, I think that attitude and approach to like that as a missing detail, the fact that that specific thing is an afterthought is a bigger problem than what what are you actually using? Yeah. It's, I don't know if you agree with that, but no, that's, no, no, it is. I mean, it's a, there's it's a huge- the difference between using a tool and then just sort of flailing at it. Yeah, like just you know, pressing buttons, look, looking because there are those guides online. I think it's called Laird Statistics. So if you Google mm. how to do an ANOVA in SPSS, the first hit will be this um this 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 website called Laird Statistics, and basically it'll. Mm, I don't know. Sorry, is it is it good? What's the point? Well, basically, it walks you through exactly how to do like you know t tests, ANOVAs, um, all the common stuff within SPSS, and it shows you like screenshots press this button, do this thing, do that, how to interpret it. And I mean, it um, it's free and then there's like advanced interpretation, which you pay like 10 bucks a month for or something. And they're, they're obviously making a killing because they can afford to get the top um, Google hit uh, for, 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 the, for, the, for, the, for the AdWords for SPSS. Um, but it just teaches and reinforces this whole sort of point and click machinery. I don't think there's any mention of, of, of syntax. The only mention of syntax is when there's a certain thing you need to do, which there isn't actually a point-and-click alternative within SPSS, which isn't which isn't much, to be honest. The majority of stuff you can do within point-and-click. Um, and uh, it just kind of breeds this sort of um, point-and-click mentality where you don't actually understand um, what's going on. But I, th- I think there's a good there's a good alternative if you're, um, if you're using JASP or Jamovi. You can actually do... Uh, my main problem with SPSS isn't that it's point-and-click. You can, you can still exactly know what you're doing. And I know plenty of people who are really good... At statistical inference and use SPSS. The, the the problem is that it's um it's not easily accessible for a lot of people. That is the main reason why I sort of push this idea of nah, you should be using Jasp or Jamovi or um or R um in general as an alternative. And you can use them. I, I don't know. I, I've heard a lot of people who are actually using Jasp and Jamovi as teaching tools. And I think for for basic inference, it's um it it works totally fine and when you want to do some more, more advanced stuff then um then r is the is the way to go in this um in this circumstance but yeah oh man i don't know how many people how many people are just um banging out base basic mad ronnie fisher 
sort of boggo statistics and using them? When you say when you want to do more advanced stuff, how many people is that really? Not many. I mean, I don't know. I mean, a lot of people are just okay. Doing- so that's a very that's a very Dan prescription. Yeah, it's true. Once, though, I don't once know. you're doing so, you basically, if you want to be like Dan, this becomes mandatory. But that's globally, and I'm being fair here. Seven people are doing the basic stuff. Look, it becomes a becomes a yeah. Look, the 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 access point is very definitely the best point. I don't have a lot of experience working at a small university or a small liberal arts college or somewhere where the library budgets are being cut to fuck. I know what's going on, right? I know that's happening. And not having to pay your enormous software licenses uh, is a really good way to save money. Sure. If there's an alternative to that that's free, well, yeah, you can see the appeal. How are you going to get people to do it? I mean, if it's not available in the first place, then how the hell are you going to teach it? What a hassle, huh? Yeah. Who'd have thought that at this point in time there wouldn't be a like a publicly funded there, there, there wouldn't be an enormous amount of resources to make things? I mean, everyone's very keen on open textbooks, and they're a fantastic idea. I really, really like open textbooks, but there's no barrier to entry to an open textbook. Anyone can write one. Anyone can read one. The information is available. Maybe there's some problems with uh, understanding how it works, but there's no skill gap. They're functionally identical to textbooks that cost money Mm. and go through ridiculous editions. You see what I mean? Yeah. But this is the whole point of providing a service in the first place is to save other people time and money, effort, energy, etc. So, yeah, people are going to rely on whatever the fuck is easy. All the basic scientists that I know don't use either of these programs. They use Igor and they use GraphPad. Um, mainly because they both make graphs and a lot of uh, life sciences is seriously like graph driven. You need to do the analysis and make a figure and the figure needs to be beautiful and mm. you need to have full control and then you need to export it into vector graphics because you're largely communicating with things with people in terms of pictures that you drew of the data that you've got, right? A lot of biology goes context, 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 picture. The analysis is less. I mean, there, there is analysis, obviously. And when you get into biostatistics, there's a fucking shitload of analysis. Mm. But a lot of neuroscience, biology, uh, bits of med sci, et cetera, sorts of things are not, they don't have those same concerns. No. So these are not, I suppose we, you, you, this is about people in the social sciences. Do you put any credence in the idea, Daniel, of uh, we can't put R in front of uh, undergraduates because they came to do psychology for reasons entirely unrelated to the fact that they are they don't want to do research into horrible addy uppy kinds of things like psychometrics and you know uh, basic psychophysics and you know only people don't give a fuck about that. That's really not what they want. So why are you forcing them to use something that's going to hurt their feelings? No, I think um, there's, there's even evidence to, to support that, that um, they, they learn it just as quick as SPSS, um, so you may as well. Uh, I think the pain point is people who have started with SPSS 
who want to make the switch because they know they can always fall back on this. But if you actually introduce R from the very from, from the beginning, then uh, I've heard really good. I think University of Glasgow has completely shifted across to R, um, and um, and the reports there have been uh, have been fantastic. That the students the students actually quite enjoy it um, because good. it's it's straightforward. They can see well, how it works. Requ- yeah, what that requires for the first part, I have perfect faith that with the right kind of instruction, you can learn to use anything. I mean, it's not it's mm. not some opaque thing from space. It's not written <laughs> in an alien tongue. Yeah, it's a it's available for I mean for for just just about anyone with the the right kind of application and interest. Yeah, it's 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 available to be understood. And yeah, I mean the resources online are, are fantastic as well. But let's let, let's move on from statistics, which I think is a super important part and um, a thing that love people love um, love debating online. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> and you know if it's like I wonder, I I, uh, I don't know how much we've left out of the previous twenty minutes. Probably a whole lot. If you're thinking of writing to me to tell me that I'm being unreasonable or something, then you're probably right. Just, I just let's just say I agree with you now and save yourself the trouble. <laughs> I'm bent out of shape, man. This whole computer crash thing really, um, really threw a uh, a spanner, not so much in the works as through them or up them. Yeah, it's such a, such a pain in the ass. Okay, so oh, it is. Think, thinking about moving on from statistics, what what other stuff? Please. What other stuff do you think should be taught in a typical sort of, uh, you know, biological sciences, sort of biobehavioral sciences type degree, which which isn't taught now? Now, think, think, think outside the box. Like, looking at this sort of thing when it comes to what's actually going to be useful after you finish your degree, uh, what sort of stuff do you reckon should be taught? Let's, let's just tear up the curriculum. Mm. What's going to be on? What's, what, what's going to be on there? Um, for those topics specifically, or a more general more, social science, kind of more general sort course. of social science type thing. Yeah, I've everyone now does a thing where you 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 teach the the classics. Yeah, like classic studies. Yeah, and at least the ones I'm, that replicate the three of them. No, 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 no. I'm squarely in favour of teaching the classics immediately followed by teaching how they got the shit kicked out of them. Yeah. Um, it was like you present it in terms of, I mean, it's a lovely, it's a lovely the, the, sucker uh, the, punch the, the, the presentation. Sink, isn't, this, isn't this fascinating? Isn't this fascinating and interesting? Um, for, for 20 minutes immediately followed by, no, you get nothing. <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing works here. Your nothing works. Clean, go Le- leave the lecture um, theatre. No, 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 no. But the, like putting putting those things in context. I mean, they've they've kind of grown into just so stories over the the years that they've been around. It's like I mean, some of the, some of them predate actually doing statistics, and they just have like the the descriptions of things are in descriptive statistics. I think there's bits of Milgram that are like that, where they're just going, oh, there's this many people, and that's lots. <laughs> um, I would be. I would be super in favor of more history and philosophy of science stuff as it is relevant to mm. immediate issues. Yeah. Um, 
I would enjoy the teaching of the Bimmy. The whole idea of like ethics is something that you need to, it's something that needs to be filled out and then discarded, which is like a continual pain in your ass. Like I, I would, I would like a good, a good few hours on like famous ethical fuck ups and thinking through the consequences of an experiment. And I would like a lot more stuff on experimental theory and design. How do you design a questionnaire? How do you do the basic psychometrics of like, if you want to do a scale to start with, that was something that was in bits and pieces of my undergraduate, postgraduate. And I thought that was normal, right? And it's not, at least that's not what people tell me. They tell me that it's not normal. It's something that you shouldn't expect and that, you know, you know, go out and design something. It was like, like where do these measures come from? What do they mean? Yeah, you're going to take some self-report behavioral measure thing. How How does one assess its validity? What is it? What does it consist of? I guess you've got to throw a little bit of measurement theory in there as well. I I liked those things. I mean, I liked all the measurement-based stuff for obvious reasons, but I, I, I still remember quite a lot of that from undergraduate classes that feel like they were in 1850 at this point. I don't know. It's just like the in- intrinsic nature of what the knowledge is that you're doing rather than the mindless repetition of a series of rituals designed to produce papers which are designed to produce money, right? Not the process, the substance. What do you, what do you think? I'll get off my fucking soapbox. <laughs> Look, I think it's important um, and there there is a place to actually learn about the the, the classic studies, but that's- that's like easy enough to figure out, yeah. What what is hard is actually figuring out what stuff is is important. How to actually understand, um, you know, is this is this a good study or not? And I think I think your example of let's talk about the the, the famous stuff. Let's talk about the soup study and students be like, wow, this is amazing. Soup fills up, and then going, well, <laughs> would you would you would you believe? And um, and going through those things, I, I think that's going to be. If I, I might be permitted, if I might be permitted a small pun, no soup for you. No soup. Oh, the 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 the, the, the gifts. Think 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 of the. <laughs> you your ideal class is just taught in gifts. Just form, gifts. I think I think it'd be I think it'd be amazing. Like I'd, I'd be winning awards left, right, center. But think thinking about these. I don't things- know if biggest twat is <laughs> the these days. The people. The people, uh, the people absolutely love it. Um, I, I think, uh, yeah. So, l- looking at these, um, looking at these classic studies would uh, would work well. But um, b- before we move on, we are going to take a quick break, and um, we'll be back soon. Welcome back to Everything Hurts. In this episode, we are talking about uh, ways that we could actually change the uh, the way that things are taught in curriculums. And uh, we've spoken a lot mm, about- Not very well. Not very well. We've given it a good shot. But we've, we've spoken about coding to begin with. And um, one thing that I think um, is another debate which is commonly spoken about is this idea of whether students should also be good at scientific communication or psychom. Um, I'm of the mind that this should actually be taught as part of your degree because it's such an important part of actually um, being a scientist. 
Um, I don't know. I, I think a lot of people would, would disagree with that and would say, well, you know, some people just don't have that skill set. But I just think it's becoming more and more of an important skill set that it needs to be part of it. Just, just in the same way that you could argue, oh, you know, um, manuscript writing isn't important. It's just it's a different skill set. Writing is a different skill set. Well, no. In order to actually communicate your science, you need to, you need to be write decent manuscripts. So, I actually think that as part of it, you should also be taught how to communicate your science. What do you reckon? Well, not, every, not everyone who does a science degree wants to be a scientist, Daniel. But look, the idea of communicating, when you think about a transferable skill that everyone's going to want, it's fine to think about something like manuscript writing because you're trying to put technical information in order clearly, right? Mm. Not necessarily clearly for everyone. It has an intended audience, but it has to be structured and communicated the right way. Yeah? Mm. Now, you don't have to go like a full one-year course on it. But no, no, no. Any, any ability to broadly communicate complicated ideas is going to be valuable. If you have any technical job whatsoever, you're going to find yourself in a room with a person, you know, with a device that you worked on or the algorithm that you came up with or the work that your team's been doing trying to refine X, Y, Z, and someone's going to walk into the room in a suit and go, what is that? That's interesting. Can I lick it? Will corporate buy it? Have everyone seen my shoes? They're really expensive. You will have to explain complicated ideas out of context to a lot of people. It is. So, that's a science skill growing into a general skill. I support your rather poorly framed assertion in the sense that there's a lot of there's a lot to know about how to do that. There's a lot to read about uh there's a lot to read into any intended audience for anything that you're gonna write. You ever tried to write a newspaper article? If you've not ever done it before, the first time you try it, it's fucking hard. It's damn hard. Yeah, you, yeah. You'll write, you'll write a, a sentence or a paragraph and then you'll go, no, that's not clear. That makes me cringe. That's terrible. And you'll delete it. It's like being back being a graduate student trying to write academic text. Mm. Right? And then, you know, which is uh, it'll, it, it'll make you a little bit more humble when you see a journalist writing about science and you go, oh, no, they fail to understand the boundary <laughs> conditions. What a moron. Um, it'll be, yeah, you, the, the, the dinner of crow will be yours at that point. Eat your fucking crow. It's, it's, um, not, it's, yeah, it's not easy. Yeah, and if we make the, the, the graduation from person doing a science degree to person who wants to be a scientist and how to deal with the formal media, um, the fact that that's never mentioned Anyway, did you get any sort of media training, how to broadly disseminate your research, et cetera, et cetera, experience whatsoever past that which you got for yourself? Um, just a little bit during, um, there were some courses during PhD, but um, that was totally separate. That, 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 that was actually part of my, um, part of the, the grant that I won um, was, you know, you, we, we support you financially, but, but part of it, you'll, we also pay for you to do a course. Oh. Yeah, so that was um that was uh that that was that was super handy. Um, and yeah. I think it's because it, it was from the um the uh, Australian Rotary Health, and they basically recognised that hey, like th there's no point in just giving you just giving you money to support your research. We want we want you to be able to actually communicate the research that you're doing with the money that we're giving you. And I think that makes perfect sense. I don't mind that at all. 
Yeah, I mean, you think about pushing other stuff out, putting other stuff in. There's only so much you can put into a curriculum. What's something that's taught right now that you'd get rid of? Oh, um, gee, I don't know. Just this this kind of rote explanation of like I, th- I think it's 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 important to understand the history of an area, but sort of the rote explanation of this person found this and this person found that. Um, you can find this stuff out for yourself, yeah. Um, but I mean that's a really good question because when you're when you're suggesting, hey, we need to teach you stuff, obviously something mm. needs to. Into into what space should it be put? Something needs to get pulled out. Yeah, you just uh, make you just make longer degrees. Ooh. No, you can't. You yeah. can't make that decision. You're not a government or a university, <laughs> right? So things have to come out at the expense of something else. Yeah, yeah. You. This is the nice thing about elective courses when something's mm. offered. You know, and it's not in the absence of something else. It's a matter of like into into what will you, in what will you pour your individual efforts. It makes it much easier in some respects to teach more advanced students because they elect to take the course that is an elective. They go through the content that's immediately relevant, and uh, if there's any holes in what they know, what they need to know to do the course, and you patch that up as you go. Yeah, I, th- I think um, that'll make. That'll make a huge difference in in, in doing. We just think of it in terms of when think of it in terms of scale. When I left Sydney, there were twenty two hundred people in first semester, first year psychology, and there were senior psych courses that would have had an admission somewhere between sixty and one hundred and twenty. Yeah, yeah. That's that's this different shit right yeah, there. Totally. That's. That's it's it's not it's not the same fucking ball game. It's it's not even you know it's not even played within the same confines and rules. You got a course where you can learn everyone's name, and you've got a course that is just a, a amorphous mass of spotty Herberts turn up, and you're supposed to communicate how chi squared works. Now, I don't know, man. I always feel a certain kind of. Sometimes when I think about like how do we how do we manage pedagogy, I know there's tons of research on this, but something in my brain goes: if we could teach something like statistics properly by now, would we not have fucking tried it? Why do we? Why are we still relitigating the same issues from sixty to one hundred years ago? Well, what's, what's the what's the perpetual and persistent failure in people getting things that are at the center of? You know, yes, complicated ideas, but complicated ideas that have been endlessly researched and discussed and kicked about. I don't know. Maybe we just look. Maybe the problem is is that we're a disgusting species and we should be scoured from this earth like we were yesterday's eggs on a nonstick pan. That'll that'll solve a lot of problems. <laughs> well, it would. It would certainly solve a lot of the pedagogical problems, like some kind of meteor or super virus that turns all your organs into a liquid dog shit i mean that obviously would solve a lot of these problems why am i talking about this look um yeah get us back on track daniel is is the problem that the classes are too big and that it's not possible to actually go into depth Uh, i think i think it's laudable that people are actually designing courses that that can that can be taught with with two thousand people i I remember back at sydney didn't they have like three lecture theaters and they're like two lecture theaters you were like live streamed because there there wasn't a single lecture theater that could accommodate I vaguely remember that. 
Yeah, they used to. They had the same lecture was repeated three times That's on the same right. day. Yeah, yeah. It and was- that lecture had an overflow room where it was live cast from the lecture to the overflow room. And sometimes there were makeup lectures for people who were mature age students or master's students taking an undergraduate course or something similar where the lecture was either replayed or maybe even re-delivered that would start at five at night. So a lot of the time, I think they had repeat lectures at 10, one, and three, and then sometimes extra content for the same thing at five or six PM. Now that's your whole day gone if you're teaching. Yeah. 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 It's, I don't know. You know? But like, uh, 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 and everything, everything better work. You can't have what what happened to me a couple of weeks back, where you you just go to the room and the room is locked. <laughs> and you imagine it's like it's what a do I do with these two thousand people? What what am I going to do with these two thousand people in the corridor? I mean, yeah. oh, all right, guys, one, fa- listen one facility's got had a hangover. Yeah, I mean, what what can you even do? I mean, you could at that point in time, you could fall, form a small army. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's all you need, muskets and a megaphone. And the moment the cancelled lecture comes in, you can start solving some problems in this world for realsies. <laughs> Solve a lot of problems with muskets, can't you? <laughs> now, do, do you what reckon there's any space? About? I told you, I told you, I was off center before we started. And that's right. That, that, that's that's when the um, insurrection. That's when that's when the gold comes out. Do you do you reckon there's any space to actually teach like how to pursue side hustles? I've been thinking about this quite often. In oh that, like, Christ, what? Okay, during your undergraduate and during your postgraduate, you have pursued other forms of income. Yes. Well, I had a job. Yes. Yeah, but I mean, I'm talking about stuff which is actually related to the research that you're doing. I don't think this is actually taught, and a lot of people don't actually realize the skills that they have are incredibly valuable. When you're actually stuck around a bunch of people that know the same thing as you, you don't think you're special. But the reality is the stuff that you do when it comes to statistics, when it comes to research design, um, when it comes, maybe you have for you and for myself, when it comes to understanding physiology, this is valuable, but people don't actually recognize this. Yeah. You could actually work washing dishes. Any Anyone can get a job washing dishes, so to speak, yeah? But that takes time. And the amount of time- I don't know you- if everyone can keep a job washing dishes, Dan. It's not easy. No, uh, yeah, I, I understand that. But say, say for argument's sake, you're, you're getting paid 20 bucks an hour to wash dishes with the skills that the average student within psychology or social sciences have, they could also- They can make four times that. Yeah. For I the- think this is a- All right, sure. I think this is a very Norwegian-Australian answer. You also just said you make $20 an hour washing what, dishes. What's the so minimum wage? Every American I don't, I don't, listening to this who's ever had a shit job wants to fly to Oslo, Oslo and kick you in the socialism. I don't know. I'm I'm, 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 I'm take, take, taking a guess. But, okay. But you, you see where I'm going here. So, people have these skill sets- um, and obviously, time is uh, is valuable, or you don't have much of it when you're a student. Why spend that amount of time, four hours washing dishes, when you can spend one hour using your skill set? Okay, so let, let let's bring this back because it's a time it's a time trade off thing. And we get, you, you, even even if you know exactly what you're doing, you're not guaranteed of being able to make any of that work. Yeah, ex- someone's going to put money in front of you, and it's a it's a it's a it's partly a risk reward thing. It's partly an availability thing. It's partly a 
like everything that is relevant to everyone who could do that is a very short a very short kind of series of communications. I mean, everyone's circumstances are different, so you can't give a lot of concrete advice. Definitely yeah. talk to person A in context B about work C. Yeah, I totally understand that, but I think I think part of it should actually you, you should actually be taught just just simple stuff: how to set up your own business, how to how to what? how to get a business number, doing all these things. Yeah, how to actually get work and 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 find work because these things uh, can potentially be valuable, particularly when it comes to supplementing your income when you don't have much of it when you're a graduate student. And I think even short courses can be taught to actually help students. Yeah. Oh, there's so many problems with this. Okay. Look, there's okay. graduate students here who aren't allowed to take external work because it's fucking illegal. Okay. Yeah. Right? I'll pay that. There's there's plenty of people working in you, you can't you can't go out and network in places where there is nobody to network with. The we're internet, like, yeah, James. We have the internet. Yeah, we have the internet now. I've already presupposed what you were going to say. You don't even need to talk anymore. Just let me talk for you. God damn. <laughs> um Look, you can't you can't click your fingers and assume that everyone's going to have the same kind of confidence and skills and background, et cetera, et cetera, to go and be able to do something like that. Yeah, I think you I think you're pulling some survivor bias and the fact that some of that stuff worked out for you. It's, look, there's things like that that are working out for me. A lot of it was sort of unplanned. It's just being in the right space for enough enough of a period of time. Yeah. You could, yeah. You look. You can. You can get some of it together. But the other thing is, I would. I would. That feels like a capitulation to a world where students and graduate and otherwise have to have a background or environment where what they're doing is like insufficient, where they 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 shouldn't be allowed to. You know, the fact that they don't have a fucking living wage in the first place is disgraceful and bizarre. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's just basically it's saying- a problem in the first place. I mean, this is, a, this is a survival tactic. This is kind of this is rolling over for, for something that shouldn't be the the case in the first place. I know everyone's got to get through the day. It's like the whole argument's about, you know, go, oh, well, that woman shouldn't have been in that neighborhood wearing that dress at that time of night. And people's immediate answer is, well, we need to te- teach them self-defense. You need to know the, the the physics of kicking someone in the balls. Not the fucking issue. It's like, yeah, how it's do not- you manage the terrible situation? And should the terrible situation exist in the first place? It's two separate conversations. Man, look, that doesn't feel like a course to me. I mean, it feels like something that was super handy for a lot of people to know, but including into the curriculum of anything, as in it's an expectation that you work elsewhere so you don't die, is, I don't know. If you want people to know that stuff, I mean, fucking write it and write it and stick it out there. Put it out. Put it out as bonus content. Bonus. You're, you're all big on the bonus, bonus contents now. Yeah. Look, I think, I think it's important as well just to. There's a whole subgenre of sort of people who have what is it? Quit 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 People who are quitting. Quit lit. Quit lit. That's yeah. that's it. And oh, I think a lot of people. Conversation a while ago, uh, I accidentally uh, called it a lot it of really interesting lit. stories of clip. Seriously, <laughs> which is a marvelous sort of. Uh, a, a, that's a different genre, that, James. Is, is it a euphemism or a portmanteau? I never remember. How these things? Yeah, I mean, that's a. Portmanteau. I, came, I heard that yeah. years ago as a kind of a, a, a description of like highbrow pornography. You know, <laughs> and I just thought it just—it's such a beautiful concatenation of sounds. 
Um, but you shouldn't say it in a conversation with someone you don't know very well. They won't know what the fuck you're talking about. No. There you go. There's my advice. People say I never give advice. There's your don't, advice. Don't say clitlit in front of strangers. Um, <laughs> I'm so useful. What What about quitlit? Quitlit. Anyway, what were you going to say? I think, I think it's important for people to recognize that there are alternatives. Um, quite often- you get the impression that um, when people are talking about science and like I, I totally understand um, I'm not trying to minimize that that people experience all, all manner of things w- within science but you often get this impression that that people are conscripted to a career in science um, the way that they talk about it and that um, there isn't actually there, there are actually alternative careers um, and doing this and actually including this in, 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 in the curriculum in some sort of way is actually an admission that, hey, there are other ways to actually apply the skills that you have. Um, and uh, I, I think it's important to recognize that not every single student that you train is necessarily going, going to go into academia and that some may, go, may well go into industry and, that, and that's fine. So, doing this kind of stuff is actually recognizing that, no, there are ways. And you know yourself that the, the way industry operates is completely different than academia. So, you, you can't just sort of transfer these things across and um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's about just demonstrating that, that, there, that there are alternatives and actually training people to, to be able to work in those alternatives. I don't know. It's, it's oh, just- I think, you're, I think you're talking more about graduate students now. Yeah. Than the professional yeah, 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 yeah. scientist more, kind yeah. of route. If there was a look, that's one thing that- um, that's one thing that should be made abundantly clear to every, the whole idea that there are- Again, I don't know what you teach if that was a course, so I don't know how you put that into a syllabus, but the idea that there are careers outside of formal academic science, many of which are also doing science, there's plenty of fucking science happening for money, and there's plenty of people who want to pay you for skills that you've developed. The problem a lot of the time is how we communicate the skills that people have developed with the framing. You said something similar before. You know, you go, oh, the only thing I know is some complicated subunit of some subtopic within some sub fucking thing, right? Well, does that mean you're capable of putting complicated ideas in order really quickly? Yes. Well, I'm pretty sure there's a fucking NGO somewhere who'd like to pay you a lot of money to write a report on something you might even give a shit about. Seriously, is that people aren't taught the the external value of what they're capable of doing. Yeah. People don't realize. And yeah, it's because, you know, it's just, again, the people who the people who stay are the people who thrive. You can't really stay and not have it work out for you by circumstances. Mm. Yeah, I'm still a lecturer, but everything's gone terrible for the last 15 <laughs> years. I mean, it's not it's not really a thing, you know? You either you 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 jackpot or you flame out, it feels like a lot of the time. They, they're your options. I mean, you can you can hustle enough to increase the chances of getting lucky with whatever the fuck is going on with circumstances. Mm. But the circumstances are sufficiently difficult that you can't go out and be, oh, you must be master of your own destiny. Yeah, look, that's fine if you're selling cosmetics in a multi-level marketing <laughs> fucking company. Yeah, good for you. Let's all bang the drum, right? At the end of the day, we're all going to fucking eat. So... Oh, man, I, it's, it, I don't know how people avoid the thought when they see three, five, six hundred people applying for the same position and probably a hundred of them are perfectly qualified. I don't know how they avoid the thought that something's seriously fucking wrong with how everything is organized and how everything is structured. Mm. 
you know, and you give people advice. Like, I mean, we've given people this advice as well because the, it not because it worked for us and we enjoyed it. But like the expectation that you have to go overseas, the expectation that you've got to travel, you've got to get a new lab, you've got to do whatever. Yeah, it's still, I mean, it's not that easy. No. You're chronically ill, your mum's sick, you're married, you've got two kids. Who the fuck knows, you know? You're yeah. coming back at the career for the age 45. You can't just go around handing out blanket advice like that and expect it to be useful to everyone. I mean, yeah, communicate the expectation, that's fine, but to also take the time to point out that the expectation is bullshit and should be pushed <laughs> down the stairs. On that note, we are going to wrap up <sighs> for this episode Am I in Thank- a bad mood? I th- feel like I'm in a bad mood. Well, we're gonna we're gonna continue with our um, bonus episode for the month shortly after for our oh, for our patrons. Now I'm gonna be in a really bad. Mood. <laughs> you can turn it on now. But thank, thank you for listening. Um, remember, there are there are a few ways that you can support the show. You can um, you can shout out to the show on social media. We are at Hertz Podcast on Twitter um, or on uh, Facebook. Also, I've just um, started up a um, Everything Hurts discussion group on Facebook where you can talk about the uh, the episodes and also just talk about um, methodology and scientific life in general. Um, follow the link on the Everything Hurts uh, Facebook page and I'll also post a link on the on the show notes. I think it could be um, a really good forum just to talk about the episodes um, um, with other listeners as well. So get, um, get amongst that. But uh, yes, thank you for listening today and we'll be back soon with another episode of Everything Hurts.